Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, everybody, I am super excited to have you on the Successfully Unemployed show. Now, I have brought somebody on who is a fantastic person. Number one, just a fantastic person, a very giving person. The first time I met her, she was just all about how can I help you, which was just terrific, as well as she is brilliant when it comes to becoming financially independent. She has shown so many people how to become financially independent. Jillian, thank you so much for being on the Successfully Unemployed show. And Dustin, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. So I want to jump right into it. Now, we talk about being successful and employed, and we need to figure out how to make money to provide for our families instead of having a job. How do you make money and be financially independent? How do you do that and not have a job? Yeah, my business has a few different elements. Um, so I do a little bit of a number of things, but right now, largest source of revenue for my business is one-on-one -on -one coaching. And what do you coach with a one-on-one coaching? I really focus on helping people through transitions. So sometimes they're trying to retire early or take a mini retirement, switch careers, switch jobs, start their own job, but they're basically in a really big transition and it's so easy to get stuck in that and to not make progress. So I just help people through through that transition. That's that's terrific. Now, as you've been going through building a business and having um, you have created a way to show people also how to become financially independent as well, which is fantastic. Talk to, before we get anything about more about your business. Take us back to when you when you had a job, you know, maybe when you're getting into college or getting out of college and then you realize that you have this ability to show people how to get through these transitions and you started building your business to become successful and employed. Talk to us about what you were doing before that and then how you got into this. Yeah, I had worked a whole, I probably had 10 different jobs. I worked a whole bunch of just really average kind of careers. Uh, I worked in... I was a waitress. I worked at Starbucks. I was a manager there. I did commission sales. I was a youth pastor. I did all these different things. And what's funny is that while they seem very random and none of them were the perfect fit for me, in each job, there were things that I, I was really good at. There were things I really loved and resonated. And that stuff that you always raise your hand for, you're like, I can do that part. I can do that part. And, and you end up taking on more and more of that responsibility. So for me, a lot of the consistencies were I always ended up doing the training. Sometimes I wrote the trainings. I trained all of the new employees. I've probably trained close to 300 new employees between my jobs. I always ended up doing all the hiring. I loved asking the questions. I loved figuring out people's mentality and their behaviors and how that would be a good fit in our company. Um, and then at Starbucks, I wrote people's professional development plans. I loved seeing people grow and change and make progress. It was so exciting to me. And those were the things I was really good at. Uh, and then even in sales, I loved figuring out what people's motivations were for this purchase, but also where were they getting stuck? You know, the things that I sold especially are not like 
tire kicking kind of things. I sold like high-end mattresses and office chairs. Nobody goes <laughs> for fun to pick out a high-end office chair. Like you're there to buy a chair because you don't want to waste your time. And yet some people struggle to buy a chair. And so it was figuring out what's the challenge here? What's the hesitation? How do I move them forward in the goal that they do want? They do want to leave with a chair. Um, and where are they getting stuck? So when I look back at these seemingly unconnected <laughs> and random jobs, there were some really common threads of what I loved and what I was good at. How did you get that to, now I can make money from doing that? So it actually was a more subtle transition. We became financially independent when I was 32. So we had always been really good with money. We never made a lot of money, but I'd always committed to saving half and to investing that half, paying down debt, keeping our expenses low. So we became financially independent. And it was really a transition for me to say, now what do I want to do? Like looking at everything that I have loved, what, what kind of container could I create that would hold all of those things that I feel skilled in, that give me flow, that I'm passionate about, and that I feel like I could really make a unique contribution in the world. And I just started exploring that. And it turns out it's, it's a lot of the same stuff that I've always been doing, just a slightly different container. So how did you get financially independent outside of this? You said you became financially independent when you were 32. Yeah. So when I was 19, I got married and we just had all these big goals. We had all these big hopes and dreams that seemed a little unrealistic at the time. And someone had given me advice to just save half our income save one person's salary. And it just seemed, I think, I think they just said it in kind of an offhanded way. Like, Hey, if you guys want to have kids in a few years, like this is probably a good idea. One of you could stay home or you could afford daycare, whatever the deal is. Um, and I was like, yeah, I like that idea. We should do that. Um, and I already had this motivation that money gives us more freedom and it gives us more options. And I really liked the sound of that. So that was the path we started on. We started just saving half, paying down our debt, trying to keep our expenses low. We invested in the stock market. We invested in real estate. And by the time we were 32, we had enough income to cover all of our expenses. That is brilliant. Good for you. Now, I wish that everybody would learn that from the very beginning. And I'm literally teaching my kids that right now, every bit, you know, from a birthday present, Christmas present, or uh, we don't give them allowance. They, they, it's a privilege to be in the family. And so they don't get an allowance. But if they do anything outside of that, any money that, they, that comes in, 10% uh, goes to God, 50% of the whole goes into savings, 20% goes to mommy to pay for responsibilities, because they got to learn that there are responsibilities. The last 20% they get to spend. So they don't get the whole 100%. But saving that 50% is a brilliant idea. Now, I want to talk a little bit about financial independence, because you have many different like real estate investing. You have stocks. You also have businesses. You have ways that bring in money as opposed to having a, uh, a job. But I love the idea of being financially independent. I didn't think that I necessarily wanted to be successfully unemployed. That wasn't my initial goal from the very beginning. I just wanted to be independent. I wanted to not have to depend on somebody giving me a paycheck, like dangling a carrot in front of my face saying, keep, keep going, keep going. I didn't want that. I wanted to be independent. 
So talk to us about being financially independent and what are maybe some some starting points or some foundational principles we need to know about being financially independent. It's the math is actually a lot simpler than people might assume. And I just encourage people, my six word motto is grow the gap, guard the gap. And the gap is the space between the money you're bringing in and the money that you're spending. So to start, if you don't know what those numbers are, you should know what those numbers are. Like how much money are you bringing in and how much money are you spending each month or each year? And what's the difference between? And you might realize, oh my gosh, I have a negative gap. And negative gaps are very bad. <laughs> so we want to rectify that. But maybe your gap is $100 a month. Maybe it's $1,000 a month. So we focus on growing that gap initially. And that might mean getting a raise or a promotion, taking out, starting a side business, starting a side hustle, anything that's going to push that income up. Or we can grow the gap by pushing our expenses down. Paying off debt will push your expenses down. Paying off your car loan will push your expenses down. Um, reducing your housing costs, reducing your transportation costs. Any way you can grow that gap in the middle. And one of the reasons I love focusing on that specific number is that there's like a hundred different ways that you can grow the gap, either by pushing income up or pushing expenses down and kind of optimize for whichever one you feel like you have more opportunity in. Some people are like, I just can't make more money. Maybe you can lower your expenses. Some people feel like my expenses are so low. There's no way I can lower them. Maybe you can grow your income. So growing the gap. And then the second part is guarding the gap. And it's taking that gap and using it wisely. Because what often happens, especially in America, is people develop a gap, a $500, $1,000 a month gap, and they go, sweet, let's buy a bigger house. Sweet, let's buy a new truck. <laughs> uh, let's go on a great vacation. And they don't guard it. They just consume the gap. So guarding it could be paying down your debt. It could be paying down your house. It could be starting to invest in the stock market, starting to invest in real estate, starting to invest in a business are all ways that you can really guard that gap. And if you can just do those two things, um, as simplistic as it sounds, uh, that's kind of the whole, whole shebang. I love the way you boil it down because um, as I usually, try, if somebody asks me, well, how do I become financially independent? I go through a whole lot of other things, but the way, you know, like um, uh, cut your expenses, increase your income, start saving for investing and a, a bunch of other things on top of, you know, get out of debt. But I love the way you explain it is grow the gap and guard the gap because it really just makes it really simple because you want to have more money in your pocket as opposed to coming out. If it's coming out, then that's a whole nother thing. Like if you're going into debt, we need to work on that really quickly. But growing the gap and guarding the gap. Now, once you have that gap, what you know, you have that now and you say, just because I have that gap, I can't become financially independent because I still have to have my job in order to pay my expenses. Or how does that play out to where you can now be financially independent with that gap? Yeah, so part of guarding the gap is putting it in good places. Uh, and that might be buying rental properties. And those would eventually create passive income for you. It might be a business venture that would create some income that is passive or that you could sell that business. Um, 
if you invest in the stock market, the general rule of thumb is that you can pull 4% of your total investment. So if you have $100,000, you can pull 4,000 a year forever. If you have a million dollars, that would generate $40,000 of income. And the reason I like kind of the very simplistic advice of grow the gap and guard the gap is we each are so different and our goals are so different and our values are so different and our opportunities are different. We don't all have the exact same um, opportunities or challenges. So figuring out the way that's gonna work for you to grow your gap and what's really gonna work for you to guard that gap. Um, so that eventually it will start creating income for you. That's great. I love that idea. And basically utilizing other things other than a job to make money. Now, I started when I was, I think I was 27 years old when I started buying my first rental property. But before that, I was starting businesses. I had a skateboard manufacturing business. I had a convenience store, a pizzeria. I have a graphic designs company. I even delivered newspapers when I was 13 years old because I just wanted, I was just that type of a doer, entrepreneurial minded. But I found that real estate for me was one of the easiest ways to make money and I made so much money doing it. But you, I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to grow the gap and you have to also guard it. And in doing that, you now have financial independence if you have that money coming in. Now, let's talk about um, staying financially independent because we can get there. But I've heard of other people say, hey, you know, that term financial or fire being financially independent, retire early. Some people sadly have to go back to work, which, oh, well, I always can. If worst case scenario, I need to go back to work. I absolutely can. It's not a, uh, a defeat or anything like that. I need to do whatever it's going to take to provide for my family, putting a roof over their head, making sure my wife can stay home and homeschool our kids and my kids are fed. That's the only thing I care about. If I need to go back to work, oh well. Now let's look at how do we make sure we stay financially independent and that we, when we do retire early, become successfully employed, that we don't have to go back and get another job. I think... I think it's a matter of doing what's right for you and for the whole family in any given year. So I never, I never really felt super comfortable with the idea that we retired early. You know, initially I said, we're taking a one year mini retirement. Then I was like, actually that will be a two year mini retirement. <laughs> and now it's been four years since either of us had a nine to five job. But honestly, each year we just look at it. We examine each year for itself and say, what's the best thing for me this year? What's the best thing for my husband this year? What's the best thing for our kids this year? Um, and there's no, there's no right or wrong answers. It's not success or failure to, to learn and to apply that knowledge to your future plans. Like that's a smart thing to do. And so I, I think it is important to continue to, to learn and examine that. Like, is it working financially? Is it working emotionally? Is it working socially? Uh, some people really struggle without having any sort of structured work or contribution or purpose. Like that is so core to our happiness. And they think, well, I'll just find a volunteer gig. Finding a meaningful, challenging, fulfilling volunteer job is just as hard as a paying one, if not harder. <laughs> I've helped a lot of people through that transition. It is not as easy as we assume it will be. So finding, you know, I think about it like a container that can hold all of those ingredients. That container might be entrepreneurship. It might be volunteering part-time. It might be 
running a little side business. It might be consulting. It might be, you know, I know some people, especially in the medical profession, who do like the 12-week rotations. And they work 12 weeks a year in different places. And then they're off the other rest of the year. And it's just figuring out what works for you financially and kind of emotionally, mentally. And I found that being financially independent, and I, I completely agree. I'm not the type that, and the reason why I don't really gravitate toward retiring early, I'm never going to be retired. I just don't want to work for somebody else. I don't want to work a job. I love I love having my own business. I have multiple or many businesses. I love doing those. In fact, I can't sleep if I, I have something to do in my business. I just, I, it's a passion and it's something in me to get done because I love doing what I'm doing. Like if I'm picking what I want to do and I make money in doing that, which is actually what I do now, it makes it so it's not even a job. It's not even like, I, my whole goal was being successful and employed where I didn't have to work for somebody else and, and I wanted to be financially independent. So you're absolutely right. Now, if somebody were to look at say, oh, wait, look, let's see what Jillian's doing. She's coaching people. How would somebody, if they had the idea like, like you, you know what, I might be good at coaching somebody how to you know, plant a garden and make sure that it grows really well or something like that. How would they get into that coaching business? Yeah, I... I love this. I'm so passionate about it because I think we should all have some sort of passion project, whether it creates no income or a little bit of income or ridiculously a lot of income. Um, one of my mottos is passion plus passive income. Like there's a real sweet spot when you have both of those happening. And so for coaching and really honestly, any kind of business, anything you want to start, I'm a test and scale kind of person. And for, let's see, for the YouTube people, I have a picture. Sorry, podcast people. Maybe I'll put this in the show notes. So this is my test and scale picture. Um, because here's the temptation. I call this side, go big or go home. The temptation is I'm going to sit on my couch and I'm going to think through all the details. I'm going to come up with an amazing plan and I'm not going to stress test this at all. I'm just going to go big or go home. And it generally doesn't work because we need to test it. We need to experiment with it. We need to, like each of these little tests, I encourage people to find something that could take you between one and four hours. Test a bunch of different things. And after that test, figure out what did you learn? What, how did you grow? And then pivot a little bit and do another little test. Take in that information, pivot, cross some things off the list experiment with some new things. And eventually we get to something that is exactly what we want. Um, but one of the common ways I see people get stuck is just in this mentality of like, I'm going to go all in. And it's so common, I think, because sometimes people honestly don't want to stress test. They don't want to experiment with their idea because they don't want the feedback. They don't want to figure out that their idea is not going to work. They don't want other people to be like, hey, that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> they don't want to, they don't want their dream to change. They love their dream so much and it's so delicious just as it is. And if they were to start to test it, they might realize it's going to have to look a little bit different. And that can be a painful realization. Um, but the problem with go big or go home is, Oftentimes people won't because it's, it's so hard to make a huge, big, scary jump. 
Um, but even if you do, if you get up the gumption, you get up the courage, you go big and you get burned. And then you feel like injured and wounded. And typically there's this really consistent pattern where people will take a break. They'll quit. They'll take a break. They'll heal up. They'll dust themselves off. They'll try it again. The exact same method. <laughs> It'll fail horribly again. They'll feel injured and hurt and discouraged. They'll try it one more time. And usually after the third time, they'll take their ball and go home. Those are the people who are like, this is crap. Everyone online is lying. None of it works. It's all nonsense. And they're like bitter and pissed off. Or they just feel like it's them. They're a failure. They're not good enough. They're not talented enough. And neither of those are true. Neither of them are true. It's just we've been using the wrong process. And I completely agree. And ordinary people like us. I mean, I was a server too. I, I went and I served at uh, two different restaurants and it was rather irritating always working at night and just every single night working, every single night working. After about two years of that, I'm like, man, I just need my nights back. Like I just need, I need to be, anyways, long story short, you and I starting and just working regular jobs, but then figuring out a way to actually become successful and employed. My test was I'm just going to buy one house and I'm going to take our cash to buy that house, even though it, for us, it was a lot of money. Um, I know $17,000 is what we put in. That's a lot of money for most people. For us, it was all the, it was every penny that we had, but I didn't go out and get a $500,000 mortgage. I didn't say, let me try to flip houses. Let me just, I didn't say, let me go all in, go big or go home. I said, let me put my toe in the water. It's going to take all of our money, but if it pays off, it's going to be great, but we're not going to be so like strapped in debt. We're not going to be so horribly well, um, for, um, off if we if it didn't work. Praise the Lord, it did work. Everything worked out great. I have 30 plus properties now. I literally don't have to work. I just do podcasts like this because it's fun. You get to talk to great people like you. But I completely agree. If you, um, I won't say wade in, but if you test it out and you check, check it and see, okay, that, that worked. But there were some things that didn't work. Let me pivot a little bit. Like you just said, I, co I completely agree. That's a fantastic, fantastic analogy on how to do that. I love your little diagram. Hold it one, one more time. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply for everybody that's watching. So on my screen, that's on the right-hand side, you don't want to do the go big or go home where you actually fail multiple times. On the left-hand side, you want to test and then scale. And I love that. You, you want to do a bunch of little tests. And as you're growing, as your business is growing, as you're changing too, you're starting to realize, I thought my customers were here, but they're actually over here. And I used to say this and I thought it reached them, but it's not reaching them as well as effectively. So I need to change it to do something else. I completely agree. Now, if we're going to be starting to consult and we're trying to help people and we're already starting to test, but now what's the next scaling part? We, we, we think we have a good idea that what we're doing is helping people. People are coming to us. It's starting to grow but we still don't have that money to where or we can be financially independent or successfully unemployed. What's the next step to scale it even further so that we can say we have a legitimate business here and we're actually making money to where I don't need to work another job. So I would, I would take us, I would actually take a step back um, because one of, I think the best first tests before you launch into anything and you might've done this with real estate is talking to other people. There is so much power in just talking to people who've done it. Um, and I, one of my great entrepreneur friends, Carrie Ann Rockmore, she refers to it as being thrown into the wolf pack. Because the wolf pack will socialize you. It will teach you how to be wolves. <laughs> and you just, you just jump in and they'll teach you all the rules. And you can so quickly see, is this a good fit? Do I like this? Does it light me up? Does it create flow? Um, am I even more excited about it, learning about the details? Or am I like, oh dear God, this is so mind-numbingly boring. <laughs> um, but we really need that community. You know, we really need those conversations of just seeing other people who, like us, who've done it. And the great thing, especially about entrepreneurs, is they're such an encouraging, generous, positive group of people. Um, and we successful people typically will see something in you that you don't see at all. And it is so obvious to them. And they are so generous about saying, yeah, you could totally do that thing. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, just get started. And there's something so powerful about hearing someone else think that our dreams are possible or real, that we're like, oh my gosh, now it like it starts to percolate, it starts to take hold. Um, so I would say finding that community, just having those conversations um, would be a great first step. And then I, I do kind of subscribe to just a generosity philosophy. Um, especially when you're starting out. One of the things that I did and I still do a lot was I call it, uh, I call it a thousand seeds. Um, and a seed looks like I have an hour, maybe I can help. Whatever people need help with, I have an hour, maybe I can help. I don't know if I can help, but maybe I can. And I'm willing to show up. 
And there's something really amazing that happens when you do that once a day, when you do that a couple times a week. You learn what people need help with. You learn what was actually, what they liked about your help. They learn what they think you can help with. Um, you learned what you enjoyed helping with. You figured out what was the most helpful for them. And it creates those relationships and it creates that network um, that you really need. And it gives you that, it's that test that gives you the information to know how to pivot and to know where you really add value. So as a coach, I would, I would keep doing that. I have an hour, maybe I can help. I have an hour, maybe I can help. And just try to help as many people as you possibly can. Um, and eventually, so my general rule for coaching um, is the first three, um, or the first three to five are free. Just figure out what the heck you're doing. Figure out how you can help, how it's effective, what process works. Then figure out your pricing for the first three clients. Make it low, make it approachable. Say this is a test, I'm experimenting. I think I have this process, I think it's good. Here's an introductory price. I would love your feedback and your testimonials if it's helpful. So create your pricing for the first three because oftentimes we get so stuck in that go big or go home. I need my pricing for my next three years, for my next 200 clients. And I have to know all the details. You can't know all the details before you start. You have no idea what it is. So get your pricing for your first three. After you finish with those three, adjust it, pivot, change it, change your offer, change your process, change your pricing, get your pricing for the next 10. And then same thing, change it up. And then figure, then you'll have the information you need to figure out your pricing for the next 50 clients. But don't sit on your couch and try to figure out the next five years. I, yeah, I, th I think that you're hitting the nail on the head on multiple things. So first the networking, I wholeheartedly agree in the networking. I know with my real estate business, I started on my own. I didn't have anybody coaching me or I didn't network with anybody. I didn't go to any of the meetups or any, I literally didn't do any of that stuff, but I, I wasted like 20 or 30 or $40,000 doing it the wrong way. Cause I didn't have anybody showing me how to do it. Since then I figured out what I was doing wrong and I <laughs> took that out. The next thing is what you said was serving. I absolutely love that the more people that I serve, the more people that I take care of, the more people that I just give to, the better my business gets, the more um, clients that I get or more co uh, coaching students that I get or more people that get into my course or just the more people I help and the better I feel like, man, I'm making a difference in helping other people. And lastly, I love how you're saying how in starting a coaching business or a consulting, you really just, it's, it's great that you really hone your craft. You start getting better and better at what you do. And it could be, Hey, I'm starting with you for free. Like I'm, as long as you let me to, um, uh, work with you, it'll be for free. Give me a testimonial and it's going to help you in the long run. So I think those are some fantastic, some fantastic ideas on how to get started. Now, if somebody doesn't know exactly what they can coach or teach on. How would you suggest somebody would figure that out? <laughs> I have another picture. <laughs> oh, all the YouTube people are going to be like, what the heck? Um, I mean, all the podcast people. Let me see here. So, but if you are listening to the podcast or the YouTube, I actually have a uh, a 10 day free course and I have little videos explaining all these ideas and like the handout. So not all is lost. Um, it'll kind of walk you through them step by step, but this little exercise, I call my superpower exercise. Uh, and this is so helpful. 
So I start with the stuff outside of, this is our circle of capabilities. So imagine a big circle and imagine an X way outside of it. This is stuff we should not be doing. And I have just people list that out. What is something that takes a disproportional amount of your time or a disproportional amount of your energy? It might be emails, it might be taxes, it might be cold calls, it might be managing people, hiring people, firing people, research, whatever it is. What should you not be doing? Disproportional time, disproportional energy. Inside the circle, the X on the very edge is stuff that you're just okay at. It's fine, it's average, like not amazing, not horrible, you can get it done, that's cool. And then you have this one little circle inside your circle of capabilities that are your superpowers. And I break those down a few different ways. What are the areas that you have deep knowledge in? that you're very proficient in? What are the things that create flow? What are the things especially that really match your tendency, your personality? Some people have, like they love organization or they love teaching or they're very detail oriented or they're very creative. And I have people look back across all different areas of their life because this is one of the tips I learned from interviewing a whole bunch of different people and hiring a whole bunch of employees. The best indicator of future performance is past behavior. Whatever you were good at before is pretty much guaranteed what you'll be good at going into the future. So just listing all of those different things. What's your skill set? What's your deep knowledge? What's your flow? What things are you passionate about? what things fit your tendency and your personality. Even if it's like you volunteered, you did it in your family. Are, some people are the people who always organize their family vacations. There is a skill set in there. Um, and just looking at that and then starting to say, I have an hour, maybe I can help. Of that list, you have a hundred things. What do people ask for your help with? What is most helpful for them? And you can start to have those conversations with your ideal clients and really narrow down some of that. And I really encourage people, especially, well, I encourage everyone, but especially if you have a little bit of financial independence, build a business that's 80% your superpower. That either you don't have to do this or you can hire someone else to do this stuff that's way outside your skill set. And that not too much of your time is consumed by things that you're just okay at. Because the reality is in our superpowers, we just go four times faster, uh, four times further than the average bear. Like it's just easier for us than the average person. And what are those things for you? Uh, those are fantastic, fantastic pieces of advice. And that's something we're going to have to be introspective and see. And I love how you gave an example, or not example, a principle. Future performance is also based on past experiences. Like, what are you good at in the past? I mean, it could be if you're a teacher and you're teaching something like in high school, like you're teaching, like, say, um, um, how, to, how to do woodworking or something like, literally take that and teach that online, too, and start a whole other business doing that online. That could be another way. Or if you're, you're doing um, engineering, you're teaching engineering, literally teach that online. There's so many more people that can actually, anyways, there's so many great things, whatever you're good at. More than likely, I'm going to say it's a safe bet 
that other people would want to learn from you. No matter if you're like at a two out of a 10, there's still people that are starting at a zero or a one. You could be teaching them as you grow to be a 10 at whatever it is that you love, you'll be growing and teaching along the way and you're documenting as you go. That's a great way to have a business and coaching. So uh, Jillian, you give us so much great information. I love your drawings too. I love them. So you guys need to check out the show notes page and watch the YouTube video so you can see what they look like as well to help you. Now, Jillian, I want to jump into the rapid fire round. Now in the rapid fire round, we're going to be asking some questions that are that are good questions that are going to get you to thinking, but they're not going to be too tough. So let's jump in the first one. As we become successful and employed, we're not working 40 plus hours a week or 50 or 60. We have a little more time to give back because we're independent and we can. How are you making the world or the people around you or your family a better place because you have more time in your life? Yeah, two of my biggest things. One, I serve on the board for the Choose Fi International Foundation, which is really out there to promote financial literacy. Um, and I kind of manage the speaker bureau. So it's like my personal mission to get personal finance speakers in every event, every company, every organization, uh, every conference, in every town, every community college and military base, just have more people talking about money because I really believe when we're good with money, it opens up so many more options in our life. So that's one thing I love. And honestly, just my thousand seeds principle. When I worked a full-time job, when my husband worked a full-time job, I had such limited time and mental and emotional bandwidth. I felt like I just lived in the scarcity of like, it was so hard to give half an hour or an hour. And now I try to just be really intentional to plant those thousand seeds. That's great. I love that. And especially, you know, I have an hour, maybe I can help. I love that. I think that's, you're just helping and helping, helping. Okay. So now next question is if you were to go back and tell yourself, you know, maybe 20 plus years ago, here's one piece of advice that I want to give myself. What would that be? One of my biggest regrets from my 20s was that I didn't spend enough time or energy or money getting into proximity with people that I found inspiring or encouraging or that were just doing interesting, creative, amazing things in the world. Um, I just didn't have those people and I, I didn't, I think I was scared to invest in myself and I was, I wasn't exactly sure how to go about it. Um, but now with like the internet, um, it's so easy. Like go to meetups, join Facebook groups, like find a mastermind, create your own mastermind, like go to a conference, hire a coach, like just get around people who are doing the things that you want to be doing because it's so transformative and powerful. I love that. And it all goes back to relationships. I mean, we've talked about that earlier in networking, but yeah, the more relationships that we have, the more people that we can help, the more people that can help us. I mean, just it's it, the people are really what everything's all about. So the next question is if somebody says, you know, I like what Jillian is doing. She's helping people give them one piece of advice to get started, you know, get getting that ball rolling because getting started is like one of the harder things. How, give them some advice to get started going down the path of financial independence, becoming successful, successfully unemployed. Um, well, if, if they want to get started with financial independence, I would figure out what your gap is. That's the first step. Know what that number is and then start growing it. For being a business owner, 
I would start with the thousand seeds. Like I have an hour, maybe I can help. And whenever, so the way I start this the most organically is whenever someone says that they're struggling with something, I say, I have an hour, maybe I can help. Um, and it might be, I have 20 minutes, maybe I can help. If people, so it's not even if people ask me for help, sometimes just people I see and they're like, yeah, I've been thinking about this. Um, I think it was even you at FlynnCon. We were at FlynnCon together and you were thinking about uh, a project and I was like, it wasn't like you asked me for help or a connection, but I was like, I think I might know someone who could help you. Like sometimes it's as simple as making a connection for people, but starting to listen to where do people say they're struggling and I'll help people um, who are totally outside my circle, totally outside my sphere, totally outside my comfort zone. I have a friend who's a local musician. Uh, she is like a singer songwriter for country music. I know nothing about the music industry. She wanted to market her new album. And I said, I have an hour, maybe I can help. Um, there's this amazing quote by Seth Godin, which is one of my favorites. Uh, and he says that every door that we open for other people stay op stays open for ourselves. And I think that that's so true. I just try to open as many doors for as many people as possible, because I know that that's just creates more spaciousness, more expansiveness in my own life. That's great. I love that. I, I love that saying too. That's a fantastic saying. Now, next question. What is one tool? It could be an app. It could be anything. It could be a teacup. It, what is one tool that makes your life, your business, or something better that we can use? I'm, I'm really into kind of goal setting and planning. So I think anytime that you find something that helps you create a process for being reflective, uh, I like paper planners. I enjoy um, different, yeah, just different life planning questions. But I find for most people, we re really have to start with that clarity. Once we have enough clarity, the path to get there becomes a lot more clear and the motivation to get there um, starts to bubble up. And those are the two things that, you know, are the challenge. We either don't know how to get there or we face challenges and setbacks and we get discouraged on the way. So we need, we need a plan and we need the motivation just to get through. That's great. Give us one nonfiction book, business, life, or whatever that can help us to become successfully unemployed. Oh, I love so many. Um, I'm a book a week kind of person. Um, I would say my favorites in business, if you want to do coaching, I would read The Coaching Habit. It is fantastic. It is such a great book. Even if you mentor or encourage a lot of people, that's my go-to recommendation for coaching. Um, for marketing, I love Seth Godin's This Is Marketing. When you're thinking about your audience and you're thinking about who to serve and like what your niche, niche should be, I would read that one. And for just basic marketing for like your website copy and your emails and all of that, I would read Donald, Donald Miller's Story Brand. Those are all great books. I haven't read all of them, but the, the, I know so highly people, people think so highly of all those books. So awesome. Well, Jillian, you've given us so much great insights and information into how to start a business, even how to become financially independent. Now, how can somebody reach out to you and get to, to know everything that you're doing and, and even just see, hear what you're doing and how they can do it themselves? Yeah, I think probably the most 
helpful. If you like worksheets, I would do, I have a 10 day free course. It's on jillianjohnsrud.com. Um, and yeah, just give it through like a video and a worksheet every day. And that's a great way to get more clarity. If you like social, I'm pretty active on Instagram at jillianjohnsrud. Or I have a brand new podcast, if you're into podcasting, because you're listening to a podcast, and it's Everyday Courage with Jillian Johnsrud. And it's really about how to just be more courageous in our work and our life and our money, because that is, that's half the battle. We need to know what we're supposed to be doing, but half of it's just having the courage to start testing and scaling. Awesome. Jillian, giving us so much great information. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, you take care. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free course. And that will also be in the description, successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free course. So you can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.